Welcome, everybody, to the next episode of Life's Exponential Impact. I am Ray Porton. I'm here with... Uh, my name is John Randolph. And we have an amazing show planned tonight because we have a special guest. We have the rock star himself, Hal Bowman. Hal is a renowned speaker. He's an educational consultant and a creator of transformational programs like Teach Like a Rockstar and Be the One. Before becoming a full-time speaker, he spent over 20 years in a K-12 classroom teaching everything from biology to band. You know, Hal, you, you sent me your bio, and I, I took the short one because I thought it'd be easier. <laughs> You've done a lot in your life. So welcome, Hal, and why don't you start by just tell us a little bit about yourself. Dude, clearly, either I get bored or I can't hold down a job. It's like one of those two. But uh, yeah, man, it's, um, you know, as soon as I got into this education game, and um, I mean, I knew it, I knew it from the beginning, dude, I loved it. And I loved every aspect of it. I loved the, the community and the family, the school. I loved being a part of kids' lives. I loved teachers. Hell, we, I even loved principals, which is bizarre. And, um, and, and once I found out all you had to do was pass a test to teach another subject, man, I started passing <laughs> And I was getting 70 and 71 is another <laughs> test. And, and next thing I know, man, I'm teaching different subjects. So yeah, dude, it's been, um, it's been a few decades and it has been an awesome journey for sure. Now you've done, I mean, besides teaching, then you've got public speaking and motivational speaking and other ways you've helped move other people forward. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, man, it was really interesting, you know, so I started, yeah, I started out in the band hall, it was K through 12 music, and, uh, you know, I mean, crisscross applesauce, all the way up to the big, hairy, sweaty neck tattooed, and, uh, and from there, I moved around a few different schools, and then I started teaching other subject areas, and I was teaching biology, I was teaching language arts, and in middle schools, and high schools, and I finally ended up at a high school where I was teaching some leadership programs, and some mentoring uh, I was facilitating some mentoring programs and, um, and I had a class where um, kids coming back from the alternative school, they give them to me. And it was kind of like halfway house was the concept. And, uh, and we, we, we called it Bowman's Dirty 30 because I always had 30 kids in the class. And so um, I had an administrator. She was just a super fan of what we were doing with those kids as far as getting them engaged and finding them. They could connect with the program to, to, to build some family in their life. And, and she started, you know, uh, just talking about me to other principals. And, and next thing I know that people were asking me to go to schools and tell people what I was doing with my kids. And they were having a lot of success with their more challenging personalities in their classrooms. And then the whole thing kind of took off. And long story short, I came up with this, just a title, Teach Like a Rockstar, and had a cool biker logo. And man, let me tell you something, brother, if you want some kindergarten teachers to feel cool about themselves you give them a teach like a rock star tattoo and send them to professional development <laughs> <laughs> and and they had a big day and it's awesome man yeah it's been the last 10 years i've been coast to coast doing my thing on stages at, at, at conferences and conventions and schools and hosting my own conferences and hotels it's been a blast that's amazing that's that's great i mean john and i we've actually known you since like april right john i mean yeah. 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 That's when I joined Men and Ed. And then, you know, just being in some of the groups we're in and just listening to you, I started to already admire you. So I'm very happy that I got to be part of Men and Ed. I mean, it really is. It's a pleasure. It's, it's, so I've been in education only for nine years. This is my ninth year. Uh, so this is actually my second career. And um, one of the things that brought me to education was simply the desire just to help somebody, uh, to help kids, really, right? Because I started coaching volleyball and I was a mechanic before this. So I was like a tech for almost 17 years. We're for Mercedes Benz and uh, restoring old Jaguars. So I love cars. I love engines. Still do. I started coaching volleyball and, you know, just watching just the players 
build that foundational skill and start building up, it kind of clicked in me that this is what I like to do. This is where I want to be. So I you know, went back to school, got my degree and jumped into the education field. I've been loving it ever since. But you were talking about teaching those students the challenge. I'll call them challenge students or whatever the, the dirty 30. Yeah. What, um, like for me, where I grew up out in California and I grew up, you know, in just a, it was a low socioeconomic area. It was, it was a rough town. But to me, being able to teach in the middle school and having those types of students was like a drive for me. I loved it. I loved being in that environment. It's like, yes, here's a, here are students I can connect with. And it's like, once you connect with those students, you know, with you for a lifetime, you know, they just build that trust. So I just, was that like your favorite time in teaching? Was it, um, was it the most talented or what aspect of that one did you like? You know, man, I think, you know, it's kind of, a, that's a heavy question. You know, much like you, I think I was different. You know, I came into the business because I want to be a band director. And, okay. but that's not why I came back. Like, I think for a lot of us, like when you're more mature and, you, and you've experienced the world in another career, why you come into the business is very different than when you're 22. And when I was 22, I had no thoughts like that. No thoughts of helping a kid or making a difference in the life or being the most influential adult in a kid's life never even crossed my mind. I just wanted to be a band director and win some trophies. But what happened was once I got in there and I really started to understand what this thing is about, the, what brought me back was just having the opportunity to serve in that influential role for my kids. And yeah, of all of the stuff I've taught and the thousands upon thousands of kids, for sure, it was those kids that, um, uh, you know, other teachers I think um, found really challenging to have in their class. I love those kids because I got it. Like I totally understand where they're coming from because I was that kid. Yep. You know, I, th I think we tend to forget that for lots of our teachers that come into the business, the reason they came into the business is because they loved school and they were good at school. Yeah. Yeah, it was easy. And they're good at doing what they're told. They're good at not making mistakes and they're good at following rules. I suck at all that. And, 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 and so when, when, I, when those kids would come in, I totally understand when they would say, yeah, my school sucks. I'm like, yeah, bro, right? I get it. But not in this class, <laughs> you know, this is, this is a whole different program, my brother, you know, and so, so, so I really felt connected with those kids because I was that kid. Okay. Yeah, it, it, that was one of the thoughts I had because I was, it's like going into education, I was thinking, I want to be that teacher. I want to be that somebody that I did not have. You know, in, in high school, I mean, I, I didn't drop out, I got kicked out in junior year and I had to go to an alternative high school, so. You know, from there in the military, and just didn't know where I was going. But um, yeah, so it was. It took forty years to figure out what I wanted to do. But um, no, like I said, when I started, Ray was the uh, assistant principal at Raleigh Middle School. Now, I remember, I think I got the overflow of students, right? Yeah, we had an extra. Year. We had to bring in an extra teacher because we had an overflow of students that needed math and science. And so, I mean, John had what five preps. They were all different grade levels. He was on a cart running from science lab to science lab to, to math class to math class. Like, man, we put him through the ringer that year, that first two years, actually. And it only felt like, I think I got all the students that uh, nobody else wanted in their classroom. <laughs> Guaranteed. But, you know, just having that opportunity, but like that excited me. It was like this huge connection. Like here are, I don't want to say the worst students, but the most challenging students there are. And, connected right away with them because it was like okay here's me sitting in the in the classroom as a kid and now i got the chance to actually do something so yeah. i think i spent like six months just connecting with them i don't know if i taught anything well they learned yeah, man they you learned. know I, 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 we get that question all the time it's like they would say bowman how do you do it oh my god like just give you these kids like they're come they're they're you're supposed to spread them out you're supposed to have this heterogeneous mix not just a homogenous group of gangsters from alternative <laughs> school and i said and i went and like how, like oh my god and like how do you love those kids like so much and i and i think people get confused i was like you know you know i the of course i don't love them when they show up i don't even like them because i don't know them yes and, and so I, I would love the kid so I can love the kid it's like the kid came to me and they're really a lot of times were violent 
so I loved the kid. And they were broken, so I loved that kid. And when they would scream hardcore obscenities at me, so I loved the kid. And they would talk about my mom, so I loved the kid. And once I loved that kid over and repeated and relentlessly loved that kid, I would start loving the kid. So I would verb it up, and then it would, and then finally would turn into the emotion. So one of the things we talk about is the impact you have. And that's one of the, like the premises that is the premise of our podcast is the impact you have on people and how that can have a exponential where it grows from each person to each person in I'm sure dealing with those kids, like the impact you had was immense. And now you've almost got where you're hopefully in your mind, I'm sure helping teachers so they can have that impact on multiple kids. Like talk a little bit about like, I'm sure over the years you've had kids that you can say like, oh, I know I impacted this kid or I know I impacted this teacher who impacted kids. You know, like how do you, how do you quantify that or, or can, you know? Yeah, man. So here's what, let me first say that um, I, this sounds crazy, but I try to think about it very different than other folks. I, tr you know, I, Yes, I've had those mountaintop moments where, oh my gosh, it worked, you know, and it felt great. And the kids, you changed my life and we hug and yeah, that's been awesome for sure. But that's not what I focus on because if that's all I focused on, that happens once every three or four years, man. Yeah, exactly. What I focus on is what I call fill in the basket. And to, to, to explain it, man, you got to be old like me. And so when I was growing up, you had to go visit my grandparents in Florida. Cause when you grow up in New Jersey, your parents, your grandparents eventually moved to Florida. They all do. <laughs> and um, so we go visit my grandparents and they had this games, like these toys would play with. And one was this plastic camel. And this game was called, um, I think it was called break the camel's back or something like that. And what, plastic camel and it had a hinge in the middle and wheels on the feet or hooves or whatever camels have. And this plastic basket that hung between the two humps. And, what, and it came with these sticks. So you and the opponent would take turns putting these sticks into the basket. And because of the weight and the hinge in the middle of the humps and the wheels on the feet, the camel would start to spread apart and it get lower and lower and lower. And as you continue putting in sticks, it would get lower and lower. And eventually the last stick would break the camel's back. And so I think about kids like that. What I'm trying to do, because if, if you think about the strategy, man, like you put the big sticks in first, because you want to save like the little splinter, like the little sliver of the stick for the very end, the lightest one, right? So in my mind, I'm putting as much positive weight as I possibly can into this kid. Occasionally, do I get the breakthrough? Yeah, occasionally. But you know what's going to happen someday down the road when this kid is 30? It's going to be the tiniest thing that this kid gets in his life and it provides that breakthrough, but that would have never happened if I didn't load this kid up for nine months with as much as I love every day that I possibly could muster up, that would have never happen if it wasn't for me. So for me, the way I shift it in my mind, I don't need to see the result because I'm convinced. I know that it happens, man. Mm -hmm. I've got kids in their late forties. It's proof. This kid was an absolute disaster. I mean, a walking disaster, but now this kid is productive and happy and satisfied and have a beautiful family and, and, and just, you know, he loves his life. And man, it, and I'm convinced it's all because <laughs> it's all because of me. <laughs> it's, it's all because this kid had adults in his life that, that, that poured into that kid daily, 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 not needing to see the final result. So that, kind of ties into what we talked about last week, John, about planting that seed. Like you may not see the results when you're having a, a disagreement with someone or when you're interacting with them. But if you plant that seed, maybe down the road, they're going to, it's going to sprout in them. They're going to grow. They're going to listen. They're going to hear it. They're going to agree, whatever. Um, so I think the same concept is you're, you're filling that basket, you're planting those seeds and, and knowing that you got to have faith that it's going to, it's going to work and it's going to be what you need. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I really look at it. It's almost as if I did. It sounds crazy, but I had to do it in my mind early in my career to set it up this way. It's almost as if I don't want to see the results. I'm just convinced it's happening. It's like if I'm out in a field and I'm planting seeds for redwood trees and I leave and I'm not coming back ever. I know there's going to be a forest. I know it. I, I guarantee, I know, like just by the law of averages, it's going to happen. There's going to be a ton of trees out there because of me. It's the same thing with kids. I'm just doing my thing and I'm not looking back. Awesome. Awesome. 
So we hit a little bit on men and ed and that's another thing you i mean hal you've got so much going on you know i have looked at your facebook page i've looked at your web pages and stuff like you i think you've done pretty much everything bodybuilder at some point yeah um, I don't know. still doing it baby 52 you know, <laughs> you know but you know one of the things that you've done that we've connected with you on is the men and ed group which yeah. is just a Facebook group of educators that are all male and it's a way for us to support each other. Like talk a little bit about the brainchild that got you to that, because I'm looking at myself personally and John, I don't know if either one of us would be doing this podcast if it wasn't for the men in ed group. I mean, in the middle of COVID we've connected with hundreds of other guys that are going through exactly what we're going through in different States and different things. I've joined like five different groups because of it. And I think it's all that. So what was your, when you started it, what was your thinking behind it? Man, my thinking was this, you know, um, it, uh, I don't even know why it took me so long to do it because I've been thinking about it for years, for decades. In that, when I was a teacher, especially in elementary school, I knew there were very few men in that building. It was me, and, and that does, that's not that actually connected with those other guys, but they, since they were there, and maybe me and the custodian, that's about it. And then... And people think that, well, that's an elementary thing. And I'm and what I would try to help people understand, it's a secondary thing to even in a high school. If you're not a coach, then you really are um, excluded from a lot of the relationships. And here's why. You know, this job is a really, really emotional job. And it is emotionally difficult. And it's hard. And you need support. You need to talk about heavy stuff. Oftentimes in the workplace, those heavy conversations, in my opinion, are best had with people of the same sex. So I would happen a lot of times at 4.30 in the afternoon, I would walk into a classroom and there's a bunch of women in there, teachers, and all of a sudden they stopped talking just because I walked in. Now we're professional friends and we're personal friends, but they're having a conversation that I'm not, it's just not, I should not be a part of that conversation. And I, and, and I agree. So what I realized in education, I think there are a of men that um, find themselves in solitude a lot of times where they don't have the place to share. In addition to that, when I look at the population of kids, and this is just anecdotal research, and but what I have found out is the data is pretty clear it's, that I'm correct. In my kid, kids that I've had in my, in my classes, about half of them have an active male parent in the home. Of the ones that do, about half of them are having a good experience. So that's 25%. That's not to say that all of them need to have a, a male parent in the house. And, and one parent, uh, families that are with moms are awesome. And two mom families and grandparent families do amazing. But in my opinion, I think kids need a variety of leadership in their life. And one of that one role I hope that a lot of them can have is a positive, influential a male in their life. And there's really no, no one's talking about that. And it's uncomfortable for a lot of people to talk about. So I thought, what if I put together a group of men where we can have community, personal growth, professional development, so we can better serve in that role for our kids, 75% who don't have a positive, productive, influential man in their life. And that becomes us. So we can be more intentional in that role. Awesome positive male part. I, it's, what that makes me think of is, is when I grew up, I grew up with my mom. She was, um, my grandmother raised me pretty much. You know, my mom was there when my grandma raised me because my dad, my dad left for like and a half or something like that. So there were, there were males in my family, but very few that were positive role models. When I think back, a lot of the, um, especially like on the reservation where I'm from, they, um, there was there's a lot of drug and alcohol abuse right so that's what i see and in the classroom i'm just thinking how many of these kids are seeing the same thing and that's their role model yeah they don't know whether it's positive or negative they all they know is okay here's my reality here's what i'm witnessing this is how i'm building my background all this scheme in the back of my head um you're right though they're totally there has to be another role model in their lives that could act them in a positive way um that's just what made, I know I'm probably going off a tangent, but that's just what it made me think of. And I, I wish more males would get, not only in the teaching field, but you know, at the elementary level. This is my first experience at the elementary level. 
I was scared to death too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, middle school wheelhouse, that's, I call that the boot camp of teaching, but um, I think I was more scared to come to the elementary school because you are, I mean, for them, they're, they're impressionable. Yeah. And it's like, you really gotta, I don't want to say be careful, but you got to really reflect on what you're, what, what am I showing them? What am I you know, man, for, for me, it, 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 it's a really, it's an interesting um, just road I'm trying to I'm trying to walk with kids because you know I've always say I say it every day that if if they're going to be it they have to see it I got to show it so I can grow it in that kid so yeah I'm delivering some content I'm for sure trying to stuff some knowledge into that kid's noggin no doubt but in addition to that the real reason I'm there is I I want that kid to look at me and I want to embed in that kid's consciousness when he's making hardcore life decisions when he's 28, the way I behaved, the way I acted, what I did and who I was in that class is going to influence that vision 15 years later. Yeah. Subconsciously too. I mean, just yeah. the way you deal with your emotions, the way you deal with everything. Like yeah. I, I, I know the kid is going to think, okay, what would Bowman do? <laughs> I, Maybe. And I'm, I'm, I'm not interested in that for sure but I want that kid somehow to be influenced in those major life decisions. And also even the tiny ones throughout the day, how they raise their own kids, what, how they treat people at work, what, what, how, they, how they help out somebody in the grocery store because of what we did in whatever class. So did you have that in school? Did you have like, if you look back, I, I heard a commercial actually yesterday that said, who was like best actress in 2018? Who won the Super Bowl in 2015? Like, questions that some people off the top of their head can answer but most people can't but if you ask an adult who was that influential or their favorite teacher yeah everybody can say someone like did you have that person that started you on the path or got you thinking about it or yeah for sure man and i didn't know that until much later in life in therapy you know but you know <laughs> when you start thinking back on your life and um you know, you start really going over who was an influential role model that you can look to now that you are a father, now that you are, are a man, now that you have these responsibilities, especially as a teacher and educator. So yeah, I would look back and, um, and, I, and, and, it, and that's where they all were. They were all in school. And I didn't, of course, I didn't know it at the time, but yeah, I can think back and, you know, in my, you know, me and my band director, when he had, um, I remember, um, I mean, how I met this dude, he showed up. I'm sitting in class, I'm in seventh grade, and I hear this psst, psst, and I look over <laughs> at the door, this dude's on hands and knees peeking around, like, so his head's like a foot off the ground, looking at me, he goes, are you Hal Bowman? I'm like, a, a nine, he goes, when your teacher's not looking, sneak out here. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like are you serious, dude? <laughs> you know, this is like in 19, whatever, 80, I'm like, we don't do this, man. And, um, and, and so like, I'm just, come on, I'm like, oh my God. And so I'm right by the door. So as soon as she turns her back, I'm out the door and he stands up and he, and he says, I'm Mr. Hurley. I'm your new band director, man. I heard you're a drummer. Is that right? I'm like, yeah, he goes, I'm a drummer too. And, um, and he goes, let's go get a Coke. I'm like, are you kidding me? And so we went and got a Coke and we went, had a Coke. And we talked. He goes, all right, sneak back in. And I, and he goes, I'll help you. And he's like, we're at the door. He goes, go, 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 go. And I run in there, get back. I'm like, oh my, it's the best day of my life, man. <laughs> Not to say that sneaking out of class is the, is, the, is the moral of the story. But what the moral of the story was, that dude was so unlike anybody in my life. And in, it was like, that was the start of the concept that if you're going to make a difference, you've got to be different. And that's scalable, man. If you want to make a little bit of a difference, you could be a little bit different. If you're Mr. Hurley, you want to make a monumental difference, you need to be monumentally different than any educator in that kid's life. That is instant connection. <laughs> so, so now looking back, I'm, and I'm thinking as a, as a teacher, I've tried some crazy things. But like in that case, I'm thinking Mr. Hurley, like he had that planned with his, that your teacher ahead of time. You had like, or do you think he was legit stealing you out of class? Oh, that dude. No, he, he knew I was a problem. <laughs> he sure. knew he could get you to leave class. Yeah, he knew I was, I was a problem and he was going to nip that in the bud before class even started. <laughs> before I even had one class with that guy, he came and found me and I became, I mean, I was the pet, dude. That dude would come to my house. He would, we would hang out on the weekend. He, he taught lessons. I would, we would, it, we was, it was awesome, man. He was, it was a great father figure in my life. For wow. Sure. 
Where did you grow up? Where did, where, where did you go Jer to school? Middle school? New Jersey? Yeah, I went, yeah, New Jersey. And then um, and then we moved to Texas, uh, eighth grade. Okay. And still uh -huh. residing in Texas. Yeah, dude. Mama loves it. Mama loves it. If mama, when mama's happy, we're all happy. <laughs> <laughs> you go home that often? Never. Or just go visit or? No, -uh, man. It's changed so much. Okay. Um, and it, you know it's just hard but the funny thing is like the families are still there some of these uh folks you know they're, they're still there but like the neighbor with the round i mean there's a best buy in the neighborhood which is very bizarre and um but i i spoke up there a number of times and anytime i'm there i'll go by the old house just to take a look at it and just freak out on how big i thought that house was and it's so tiny and how i thought that was a mountain that hill in the front yard was like a mountain it's it's a bump <laughs> No, I just ask because I, I I grew up in California, like I said, and um, I go back every once in a while. Um, I get depressed when I go back because the town even got worse than when I grew up. You know, it was a it was a crap hole to begin with, but man, it would just get depressing. And yeah, okay. <laughs> now that we've brought this whole thing down, no. <laughs> So, I go home now. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you how I know I talked to you before starting this. What do you tell someone when they say they want to do something? They want to do more. You know, um as as a as an adult who wants to make a difference, who wants to to try something different or move move people. What do you tell them? You know, man, it you know, I think um for me uh, it comes down to a, a few different things and Again, man, I'm wired a little bit different. And I know some people that, that you got to go out and, and buy some color-coded files at Office Depot and you got to get highlighters and markers and stickers and, and a planner and, and have a mission statement and all that. And I get it. But for me, that kind of analysis always leads to paralysis. And for me, it's just go go do it. Like, go get started today and we'll let's 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 get get on a plane and start heading down the runway. And when things fall apart and a wing falls off, we'll put the wing back on, man. No big deal. And and so for like it for for a guy that wants to write a book, so okay, well let's start writing a book today. For somebody who wants to have a podcast, get on Zoom, find somebody, start talking to them and you'll figure out how to get them to launch a podcast. I mean and so for me, it's all about taking action, taking big, giant steps, big initiative that, um, you know, and then, and then after that, man, it's about momentum. You know, it's about momentum. We're doing something day. That's the key. You know, people think they're, oh, again, they're looking for a monumental mountaintop moment. Every, no, man, it's just little tiny steps every day. And the mo if you look at it selfishly, which is okay. Um, you know, what the awesome thing about this teaching thing is and make a difference a lot is you become all the giveaway. So that's why when you walk through a school, you find the most heroic people on the planet because of all the love that they're giving and all the compassion they're giving and, and the persistence and the drive that they're instilling in kids. That's who they have now become. And so, yeah, man, I, I am all for helping inspiring and doing whatever it takes to get people to move in that direction because i know not only is they going to make a difference in the world that's going to have an impact on who they are as well was there any hesitation at any time when you i'm just like you're the reason we started this right so ray came up with the idea and he's like let's do this like i would have never done this on my own and then I was like, okay, let's just jump in. And just, you know, being that selfish part of me, I was like, you know what, this is going to be a great opportunity for me to speak. I don't normally speak. I don't say a whole lot. <laughs> I sit back and I'm just quiet. I listen. That's about all I do. Uh, so like having to talk is actually difficult. I mean, if I get in the classroom, it's all day long. It's, it's, it's a different set, right? It's a different mindset. It's a stage. But like in a forum like this or just in front of peers, becoming admin was scary as hell for me because now I got to really talk to people like my age, <laughs> like what am I going to do? But was there like, was there a slight hesitation just, just to start podcasting to start the circuit that you're on, everything about that? Was there, or is it just went full bore? Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm all in. So here's the thing. I'm really, really good at a few things. That's it. I can get on stage and I'll kill it. 
I cannot order in a drive-through. Like I can't figure it out. I have no idea what the communication process. I can't. I can't get it done. I just go. I, I just go to the window. They're like, "What do you want?" I said, well, "I couldn't figure out what you were talking." And I was stressed out. So let's just do it right here, person to person. <laughs> you know, I, there's tiny. I mean, that what people can do all day long. I just can't do that stuff. So there's a few things I do really well. So I just focus on that. And typically, they're um, they're big things, man. And I don't know. I just I, there are a ton of obstacles for sure. And, but I just, I don't know, like I said, man, it's momentum. I'm just focused on what can I do right now to move in that direction. And, you know, I, a long time ago, I, I heard this, um, I read a book, I think I was, I might've been in college and it was, it talked about the pizza, the pizza technique. And it said, what if you got, and this is silly, man. And um, so this has got to be 30 years, 34 years ago. They said, what if, you, what, what if you ordered a pizza and it came to the, apartment and um you open it up you're to eat the pizza and you you lift up the box lid and it, and they didn't cut it like what would you do and like you would go get the scissors get a knife and start piecing it because you have to break it down into these individual pieces so you can di chew it and digest it and focus it. that's why i think about the monumental endeavors that i try to launch i'm not looking at the pizza brother I'm just cutting off a tiny little piece that I can handle today. Okay. One tiny slice and that's it. So this new project I have going on where I'm creating these videos for schools that they're going to get every week. Hell, I don't know anything about shooting video lighting or nothing, man, but you know what? I got YouTube and I got it and I can, I got a camera and I've some figuring it out. I'm about two weeks in. I haven't shot a video yet because I can't figure the camera out, but I don't quit. You know, it's something little every day. Right on. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And I know like, even like when we're talking with the men in that group, I mean, growing constantly, you're always talking about growing. Like we had the summer suffer challenge where we were trying to improve ourselves. The, um, what's the, the current one you got? I didn't get in this one. Cause I've been just swamped. Yeah, win the day man when we the are day. setting up yeah man this this challenge that we're in currently right now i love it we're following this book atomic habits is kind of the reader reading guide that goes along with it but what it's all about is creating daily rituals that you can stick to that really um you know determine your destiny i mean the quality of your life is determined by the quality of your habits that are built in your daily routine and rituals so it's all about how you start the day how you check in with yourself for a minute in 60 seconds some point during the day and in your routine for closing out the day in the end it is a life changer yeah i mean and i have the book i have it right here i bought it i was all in to do it and just life i couldn't i couldn't yeah life happened but yeah. so i mean you've got that we've done book study over the summer we did two book studies i mean and you've got guys that are all over the country just doing amazing like i i sit in these groups when i look at this group and i'm like how am i even involved with these people like <laughs> i don't know if i belong in the same room with these people um but yet you've inspired all of us you've inspired everybody everybody's inspiring each other and it's that ripple effect that we keep talking about in our podcast that it just keeps it, it like one person has an idea and then it flows and then all of a sudden everybody's doing something and everybody's growing and i think it's so important to realize that like you said, it's selfish in a way because I know I'm getting better, but I'm also, if I can make one other person or help one other person get better and then they help people, you know, you never know the impact you're going to have. Yeah, man. Let's talk about the bath real quick that we talked about months ago. And that is the research now tells us that on average, the person, every, on average, everybody walking around on the planet is going to have an impact on 10,000 lives. So when you when you when you're doing your work in school, at home, in your community, at church, getting gas, wherever you are, we have to be thinking: if I can have an impact on this one life, I'm not impacting just that one life. It's it's the ten thousand lives that person is going to go on to impact. So yeah, I'm gonna on average I'm gonna impact ten thousand lives directly throughout my you know my eighty nine years I'm gonna be alive or whatever it's gonna be, but it's about those people and their ten thousand too. So if you start calculating that, especially for educators, and I strongly recommend the principals take their teachers through this at some point in the year. And let's put, let, get, get your phone out. You're already texting anyway. Just slide it over to the calculator. <laughs> and what I want you to do is, is, is on average, how many you see in a given school year. So in a middle school, some of these teachers might be seeing 150 kids. It's a, but, but it's not the 150. 
it's the, you're having an impact on their lives. It's the 150 times the 10,000. Yeah. So, so is it, so, so that, that's 1.5 million. Well, how many years have you taught? 10, 15, 20. So yeah, man, it is, it, it, it's, it's those kids that we stand before, we, you know, the honor and privilege that we have accepted to stand before those kids every single day. But more important than that, it's the exponential impact that we have to calculate and keep in mind every single day. There is no other profession on the planet, man, where you can have this kind of an impact, not just on a kid's life, but on the legacy of that kid's family, on the community, on that state, in the country, across the planet, the globe, and standing in front of kids. The, the grass isn't greener anywhere else. It's teaching school. Yeah, and you, so when I heard you talk about this the first time, you also told a story about doing a PD session and somebody yeah. stood up like uh, explain this story. Cause this story yeah, man, just this, was like the perfect example of this. And I, and I really, I, I really, uh, since then have included this in all of my work, especially when I'm in smaller, I do a lot of work in smaller communities and schools and I don't know how it works up there, but in Texas, I mean, if you're in a smaller town, typically 50 to 60% of the staff went to that school. They all come home and they all teach and it's, it's beautiful. And so it, the, the math is really crazy there. But what happened was I was in, man, I'm trying to think, I believe it was, it was probably would have been Nashville, Atlanta. I, I, can't remember which one it was, but um, we're going through this, and and I said, who's been teaching here the longest? And 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 I'm so her name is Becky. I'm so friends with her to this day. And she stands up, and I she's been teaching choir. This is probably ten years ago, dude. She's been teaching like choir like thirty something years, and um, and she raised her hand. And she stood up. Thirty years. We calculated when you teach choir. I mean, there's hundreds of hundreds of hundreds of kids every year. Now, it was staggering. I mean, I forget how many tens of millions, hundred million kids, people she's impacted through her work. And then we clap for her and then I'm ready to move on. And there's this hand. And typically in my events, I don't call on, I don't call on people. <laughs> <laughs> and so but I thought, oh, well, let me just see what happens. So, and she said, well, I just want you to know that, that um, she was my teacher. And she turns around, they make eye contact. She goes, oh my gosh. And everybody clap and they hug. And we start calculating. I said, well, let's calculate this. And because you influenced her, Becky. So let's figure this out. And then before we get another hand waved up. And she goes, hey, she was my teacher too. And she goes, oh my God. And then another <laughs> hand went up. And so we got a crowd, just, just a random crowd across the state. And, you know, and there's four or five people that all had her as their choir teacher and she's crying. And it, and it was, I mean, in like, it's those moments that um, we, it's only unique because somebody raised their hand. Yeah. That's the only reason it's unique. I guarantee in every crowd like there, there's, we could connect the dots. There's somebody in there who taught somebody, who taught somebody, who taught somebody, who taught somebody. And man, that's, that's, you know, it's, it's incalculable, the kind of impact that a single educator can make in the lives of people. Who's, what's somebody doing raising their hand? Nobody came to hear them. They came to hear you. No. Dude, that, <laughs> I think that all the time. I say, hey man, <laughs> listen, you guys wrote me the check, not her. <laughs> no, on the other side of it, you're like, hey, keep talking. You can pay me to stand here and listen <laughs> yeah. to you. I got a lot of content we're going to cover, man. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it, it um, like those types of moments that happen, um, you know, I think, you know, it's, it, it's no different than a lot of things we see in education where it's not something moving and something inspiring. But, and I love that we we see a video or a meme or something or a picture like that. But what I hope people know that this isn't a one-time thing, man. This this is happening every single day in campuses and places and classrooms across the country. Whether, you know, I saw one um, uh, at the end of last year in uh, February, right before we all went home in March, it was um, a, a kid crying in the hallway, you know, like a really young kid, maybe first or second grade, teacher on her knees, hugging the kid. And the principal standing there with his hand on the top of the kid's head, consoling the kid. And that thing got shared thousands of times. And like, I love that it got shared. But at the same time, I'm thinking that, that happens everywhere. Happens all day long <laughs> in schools everywhere across the country. But people don't know it. And I think as educators, it might be one of our downfalls is we're just not, 
we're just not sharing. We're not good. We're not good at PR. We're not sharing what we're really doing and in, in, in how we're taking care of kids. No, I, we talk about that a lot about telling our story. Like we yeah. got educators got to get your story out there and because like, like we were saying, like we have an impact. We, that story of a kid down on the ground crying and people consoling them in a school, like you said, I, that happens every day. That's called recess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that happens before the bell rings every morning. Like, you know, so what do you got? Uh, you, you said you're working on videos now. What are you working on? What's your big project? You know, what do you got moving forward? Man, I got a couple of them. You know, one of the things I'm doing is um, that that is the big one, man. I, I have uh, I have a book that's coming out. I wrote a book with Dr. Brad Johnson. He's also in the men and ed. He's a big Twitter guy. He's famous over there. He's got three or four books out. We Our book just um, was uh, accepted and went to editing today. So uh, hopefully we'll get that out um, before Christmas is the goal. And it is a hundred chapters. He wrote 50, I wrote 50. And it's just real short, one, two, three page um, anecdotes and quotes and ideas and just really inspirational, um, just stuff to enrich a teacher's soul and help them reconnect with what they're doing and why they're there and who they need to be for their kids. And in addition to that, man, I'm excited about these videos. So what I'm doing is I'm putting together uh, weekly video services for schools where um, we, we can get these things out and every, uh, every Sunday evening a teacher can sit down with five or six minutes and just again you know reconnect with what what they really want for them if they could have anything for their kids what what is that what's the real lesson of the classroom and why am I there and why these kids why this school why this career and you know I think right now brother I think we are doing um people are underestimating how well we're doing at the how, how we're teaching these kids. Yeah. And we've got, we've, I mean, I mean, even schools like my kid's school is a hundred percent online still, but it's going to be a hundred percent online all the through. And they're amazing. These teachers are crushing it. And those kids that are in school and some are at home and hybrid happen. those teachers, it, how they, they have the how figured out. And I think for a lot of educators, we've, forgot some of the other big questions that to ask ourselves rather than just how but why and who and and some of the deeper questions that get into the the heart of teaching only Hal Bowman would have the whole country shut down for a pandemic <laughs> and would start Facebook groups, double the size of them, st write a book, start videos, still going around, like are still video conference videos, doing your shows and everything. Yeah. I mean, like it's just uh, that's that when we were talking, we're like, we got to have a guest on the show. We got it. We got to get a guest on. I think people are tired of hearing just the two of us talk. We got to get someone on. And, and right away it was like, let's get help Bowman. Like, let's see, let's throw, let's throw it. Out. Only person we asked so far, we threw it out there hoping like here's a hail Mary. And you responded immediately. Like, what can I do, man? When, when can I be on? Which is awesome. Dude, it's an honor, man. It's an honor. You know, I think, um, you know, like this is the stuff I, you know, I, I don't know, man. I just, I just love it. Especially uh, something that's, the launch. I love the launch. I love the excitement of the first steps, man. I like it. That's where the magic is being made. And yeah, I've been on other shows and TV and podcasts and other interviews and like, cool, whatever, but like they have other people on there too. Like, so what? I mean, they like, get somebody else, but you know, but it's, it's these kinds of initiatives where um, just, uh, just a couple of dudes who are trying to figure out how to make a bigger impact and make a deeper difference in the lives of people. Yeah, I want to be a part of that. I, I, I remember the story too. You were telling us Streeter, one of our guys in our group, Hell, Hell says like, yeah, I'm a, you teach like a rock star. And Streeter's like, I was in one of your shows. Like I went to one of your shows. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I was a teacher who was there. Jeff Prickett's like, I sent teachers to your shows when yeah. I was a principal. Like, you know. Like, <laughs> and that show Streeter was, it was funny, man. I'll never, um. Um, when when I we show up, so with, back then we were booking large. I don't I don't I really don't do the large markets anymore. I was doing like Kansas City and Nashville and Dallas and Chicago, New York, all those places. And I just I fell in love with smaller towns since then. So I go to really small communities now. But um, but I think that was a Nashville one. And I remember showing up. And we would get there. We'd drive in. We fly. We're we're doing three and four cities back to back to back. And uh, I remember getting there like midnight. And we're like, hey, man, you know, me and the, the, my road guys were like, hey, can, can we see the venue real quick just so we can go to bed and relax? And they go, yeah. Like, and he goes, oh, it looks like they have you in the tent. And I go, <laughs> I go to, I'm sorry, man. I've been up a long time. I haven't slept in a while, but it sounded like it 
sounded like you said tent. <laughs> yeah you're in the tent i said no we're not in the tent and he goes yeah i'll show you and dude it, we were in a tent in the parking lot and I'm going to tell you, it's the most beautiful tent I've ever seen in my life. It had chandeliers and it had astroturf. <laughs> it, was oh, it was an amazing tent. And, um, and what was cool about that show is um, just the amount of, uh, there was a film crew there and there's some guys I knew in, uh, were famous in Nashville showed up. They were in the audience, but no one knew. And, uh, and, uh, and Streeter was there, this dude in the men and Ed. And one of my, one of our favorite, most influential dudes in the group. And, um, and uh it's just interesting how you never know you know again man that's like the impact thing yeah yeah that impact like I'm, I'm just dishing it out and i'm not looking back i'm doing my thing throwing seeds watering nurturing inspiring and uh keeping the excitement high and and just moving on and and here we are whatever it is eight nine ten years later reconnect it's yeah. awesome so awesome all right. Well, man, I think, I think we're, we're, we're getting the, to that wrap up point. You know, we've been just so amazing with your time and uh, I, I could sit and talk for hours. I really could. And I know John could, although I do more talking than John. Honestly, <laughs> I could sit and listen. I get in my head too much. I'm like, yeah, all right. <laughs> this just goes off in some tangent, which is why I'm doing this. I got to figure out how to talk. <laughs> That's why I don't know if we're a good pair or not. Like <laughs> yeah, I told him the first week, yeah. I'm like, all right, man, here's the problem. <laughs> I got to make sure I don't do all the talking. So please jump in. And it, it's been a good balance so far, but, <laughs> but yeah, I, I love it. it. Man, it was natural. It's great. I think it's a great fit. It takes, a, it. takes some practice. I'll get yeah. it. I'll get it. We've been getting it. But again, thanks so much. Um, the, never, you know, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing we got to look at is we can never underestimate the impact we're having and, and how, every little interaction. I mean, whether it's joining a Facebook group or going to something or like you said, anything you do in the grocery store, like has that impact. So, um, I think you're a walking example of that. Like I can, I can literally look around people that I'm now really close with and go, Hal Bowman, Hal Bowman, Hal Bowman, Hal Bowman. <laughs> this is because of Hal Bowman, you know, like, um, in the last month, I think three of us have started podcasts that, yeah. We're, we're all new guys to the group. They're like, oh, hell, you know, we were doing the brother from another mother together. That was a lot of fun. I think I'm going to do a podcast. Like, you know, like, right. um, and so I, I mean, I don't know if, I know you said you don't look for those moments, but man, you got them all over the educational world. <laughs> and, and it's just an honor to know you and to, to commute, to have this time to talk with you. So thank you so much. Dude, I love it. And let me also say for um, all those educators listening, you know, like, um, you know, looking back on my teaching and, and I think, um, sometimes, I think sometimes I, I, uh, I, I probably don't talk enough about delivering the content and yeah, I like that's, I'm, I, I want high performing academically high performing kids of exceptional character. But here's what I also know is I know the kid has Google on their phone and I know that whatever I'm teaching now is probably wrong and not going to exist in 20 years. There's going to be all new technology and, and, you know, and, and it, so, but what the one thing that will remain constant is that, that character component. And so, and so as we're teaching our kids, man, like, I, like, like the biggest, the biggest fib I think we tell our kids is we walk in on that first day or zoom in on the first day and say, Hey, so I'll be your teacher this year. Like that is the biggest double whammy of a lie that we took, because first of all, well, it depends on the definition of a teacher, but if we're being <laughs> truthful and honest, it's so much more than that. Yeah. Now, yeah, I'm going to teach you some stuff, but more than that, I'm going to be your guide and your mentor and your brother and your father and, and your nurse at times and your, and your minister. You know, like there's a whole long definition to that word teacher and teacher this year. That's like a giant lie. To, no, this is, this is a forever relationship. This isn't a, a, a nine month gestation period until I have to birth you out of my class womb <laughs> like this is th th this is a forever relationship and 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 so what I really hope teachers when they when they can voice that and articulate that to their kids and it doesn't have to happen you can happen on day one of the year it can happen on the last day of the school year any day in between and let them know because it changes everything about their teaching when they're when they articulate that to their kids and when the kids get it at any age because that's when it changes what kids do in their lives and what kids do in the grocery store. And kids are now looking for people to help because that is part of the classroom family. And that's who we are together as in, in, in our family, in the classroom. And it meant it, 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 
and so yeah i want to put some history <laughs> into the kid's frontal lobe i guess but more than that i want to create these people are going to go out and change because of what we learned together in our family yeah so you made me think my first classroom i taught in now i'm not that old that was 2001 my first year teaching um the encyclopedia set i had in the classroom we hadn't landed on the moon yet like it was so old and so it was like why am i even yeah. giving this kid this encyclopedia it is out of date but yeah you know as i hear you talk though hell there's just passion do you miss the classroom like do you, do you dude Desperately. You, you know, do you ever like, Hey, can I come guest teach in your classroom? <laughs> I do it. I do it. I did it last year, man. I was in uh, the guy found out I, um, was, I uh, competed in, in bodybuilding. And then he also knew about biology and a science teacher asked me to come teach the day of his anatomy class. I'm like, yeah, for <laughs> sure. And he, and he says, well, what are you going to cover? I said, don't you worry, brother it has nothing to do with anatomy though. <laughs> 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 so I went and taught for two days and crushed it. And it was all about like all the things we talked about tonight. Like, you know, what can, it's all about using an anatomical and biological medical analogies to deliver the bigger picture and deliver and deliver the lesson I really wanted them to have. And cause I want to model for that teacher. Cause he's going to have my kid in a couple of years. I want to <laughs> model for him what it looks like to use the content of your classroom as the vehicle to teach the real lesson that you want that kid to have in his heart. And I think that's the biggest that man, oh my God, I could talk about it. But I think that is the biggest thing for teachers to really get clear, to be able to articulate what it is you want for your kid and then use the content of your classroom as the vehicle to deliver that lesson because that's the lesson this kid's going to talk about in 30 years. They're not going to talk about, you know, covalent bonds sitting at the 35th high school reunion. <laughs> man, what they're going to talk about is that big lesson they learned and who they become and who they became and who their kids are becoming, who their, what their family's all about because of you. And, you know, that's, but yeah, dude, I do miss it. And, um, and I'm not done. I'll go back. I've got, I got a couple of classes uh, still on my bucket list. I have to teach before I'm done. And one is in the elementary. I got to teach them elementary a couple of years of that before I'm done. And then, um, and then there's a few other things. Phenomenal. Well, thank you again so much. Thank you yeah, everybody thank for you. listening. Uh, thanks everybody for listening to life's exponential impact. And we look forward to hearing how you and other people are having impacts on people's lives and making the world a better place. Thank you again for listening. Have a wonderful day and go out there, make an impact. I want a new tour bus full of old guitars. My star on Hollywood Boulevard. Somewhere between Cher and James Dean is fine for me. So how you gonna do it? Trade this life for fortune and fame I'd even cut my hair and change my name Cause we all just wanna be big rock stars And living in hilltop houses Driving big